Bismillah, alhamdulillah, you're listening to Islam Tomorrow. Broadcasting almost live all the way from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Do we know what Las Cruces means anyway? Anybody have a clue? What is it? I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> Salib. <laughs> Dark crosses. Oh, well, <laughs> sorry I asked. Let's get back to work. You're listening to Islam Tomorrow. I'm your host, Yusuf Estes. And as we mentioned, we're broadcasting almost live all the way from a place in New Mexico whose name just slipped out of my mind. But we're here in the masjid. <laughs> and you can visit us on the internet at islamtomorrow.com where we're always open 24 hours every day and plenty of free parking. Just bring your mouse and park it where you like. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Hu Muslimin. And that means that the praise is to Allah alone, the one who made us into those who submit to him on his terms. How about that for a quick translation? So tonight, this particular segment of our program is a continuum. Uh, you like that? Continuum. This is a real word worth 25 cents. And, by the way, of a series that we're doing on Islam tomorrow. And that's the name of our new website, the name of our new program. I like new stuff. Did you ever hear anybody say, okay, we're going to start out with some old stuff. <laughs> doesn't sound good, does it? So we'll go to the new. And what we wanted to do especially is to talk about the subject of what next. In our earlier programs, we talked about whether or not this come calling people to Islam is something we have to do. We discovered it is. We talked about the way to begin, which is to explain that there really is a God. You have to prove there is a law. If you can't do that, then you don't need to be talking to other people. You need to be listening. Next, once you establish and without any doubt in your mind there's a God, there really is a God, is what is the purpose behind the creation, which of course is, as he said, meaning that he only created us for one purpose, which is to worship him, and all the things that we do every day. I kind of rounded out a lot of stuff that we've been talking about and jammed it together in one place. May Allah forgive me for that. But I'm saying that we have established now how to go about it. We said that the way you begin to talk to the people and also what to do when you receive some of the, let's say, objections. Some of the things where people counter what you're offering or bring it from another point of view and how to respond back and what not to do. We said that debating and trying to attack them on their religion is not the way. It's not the menhaj. You like that word? Menhaj? What will you call that in English? Methodology. You like that? That's 50 cents on anybody's dictionary. I'm serious. Okay. So we don't use <laughs> this methodology. And what we will use is the way of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And what we discovered was that the way he brought Islam was very much in a very simple manner of preaching, which is just to tell the people about La ilaha illallah and then a lot about his character. So we've discovered that he showed Islam in all the things that he did. And this, in fact, was most impressive. And one of the examples we gave was the lady who let him carry the packages all the way to her place. And she thought he was a porter. 
and she had no tip for him. He said, I don't need a tip. She said, but I want to give you something. I'm going to tell you, I've heard about a man who calls himself a prophet of God. And, and you have to be aware of him. He's in the city, and I heard, and his name Muhammad. And he said, ma'am, I am Muhammad. And she said, Ashadu la ilaha illallah, Ashadu Muhammad Rasulullah. And, uh, but the point was, the point is that when you see the character of somebody and you just love them so much, you can't help but just admire them and you wish, I would like to be like this person. One beautiful story that I've heard since I've been here from our dear brother Khalil, he told me what happened when he knew a man for many, 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 many months that he was with this person and sharing with him. But the man never tried to push anything. He mentioned Islam, something. So finally one day he turned to him and he said something like, Is it your religion that makes you like you are so nice? What a compliment for somebody to ask you, by the way. What makes you so nice? Look at this. He said, Is it your religion or your parents? He said, My parents used our religion to raise me correctly and so it's both. And before long, he was saying, Ashadu la ilaha illallah, Ashadu Muhammad Rasulullah. And I think this is pretty close to the meaning of the story. Where is he? There he is. Is that it? Plus or minus five cents, right? Got it. Alhamdulillah. By the way, I know we're recording this. I know a lot of people are going to hear this in the future, but I've got to take this minute before I forget. Because the Prophet told us, if you love somebody, you should tell them. And I love all of you for the sake of Allah. And I thank you so much for just being here and being my brother in Islam. And so now I'll go back to the program. I couldn't resist. Sorry. Is that it? Close? And you love me for the one I love you for. Yes? Close? Like that. Okay. So let's now look to what is the final thing to consider we've talked about a lot and probably if I stopped right now you could probably get by and do what you need to do in this great community of whatever the name used to be before we give it a new name I think we should think about that you know maybe they would like to consider a new name for this place what do you think huh like something like Los instead of Los I like Los do you like Los Los Muslimanes I, I like that for some reason it sounds good to me I don't know Anyhow, <laughs> I don't know, it just came to my mind. But <laughs> Oh, by the way, we, we are on a schedule, so I'm not going to be able to tell all those sidey jokes tonight, so sorry about that. Anyhow, this, <laughs> this, this part is actually what next. What should we do next? Let's talk about getting organized and getting to work, okay, because I think that's really where we're at now. I think all of you have the confidence and I think all of you have the basic knowledge to be able to go out and at least begin to present Islam. A couple of points, just a couple of points and I think you're good to go. Or as you say, Mia Mia. Good to go? Is that it? Mia Mia? Okay, 100%. Begin by having regular meetings, coming together in the masjid and after some salat, you will sit and you will talk with each other, with an emir, and you will discuss what's the next move we need to do. And by the way, if you need some lessons in this, go with Jamaat because they got this down. Very good. Very good. You can use the, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's a good idea. The, the only difference of making a small adjustment is I'm actually targeting the non-Muslim. 
I'm targeting non-Muslim. I'm looking for them. And of course, if I see Muslim along the way, I'm going to catch them too, inshallah. But I'm going out with a very large net for a reason. It's very, very important to keep in mind that this is not an option. We are no longer in a position to sit back and say, well, I don't know, Allah is the guide and like this. We know he is the guide and we know he's the one that's bringing the people to Islam. What we're trying to do is defend our own position because Allah could replace us with a better people. Just keep this in mind. So let's get to work so Allah is not going to push us out. Okay? When you're having your little halakas and gatherings, keep in mind that you keep it on the Quran and Sunnah. Don't get out here away from everything. You've got to stay focused that this is still the same Islam. You're not coming with something new. So uh, as much as you can, keep this in mind and follow the rules of like making mashura. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, for instance, in Quran, وَأُمْرُهُمْ شُرَةً بَيْنَهُمْ And you can mention these things and open up in the name of Allah, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And when you finish a, a dua of some kind is nice, I'm not telling you that you have to do all of these things, but I'm saying that as much as you can, as much as you do, that's on the sunnah, then you have the barakah. And you really need it. You really need the barakah. If you try to go without it, you're wasting your time. Okay, now that I've said that. Use simple things that you can give to people that they can refer to later. I like business cards. And I like pens. But don't get those real cheap ones that leak in your pocket because then they're going to hate you. They're going to think you did that as an act of terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) But something, that one has advertising, you know. But something that when they take it home, they've got a reference point. You have a program here in your masjid that you have on Sundays to call the people to Islam or to talk to them about Islam. And that's good. You should advertise it and let people know about it. You should have a telephone number that people can call 24 hours a day. And you can do that. You just have a phone line set aside and it has this little recording on there. Tell some basic things about Islam, mentioning websites, and then mentioning the time that you have your program and the directions on how to get here. The whole thing can be a 12-minute talk something simple. What is Islam? Who are the Muslims? And how much, you know, we love America. Don't forget to put that in there because you don't know who's calling. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Whatever. I'm just saying that make it so that the people who would call would feel like, well, this this sounds pretty good. It doesn't sound so bad. And I'd like to check it out more. I heard that some people were concerned of something I said the other day about Bush was not as bad as Pharaoh. And uh, I, want, I want you to do something, okay? Try your best. This is hard. Try your best not to criticize everything people say. Especially when you consider when somebody's talked to you for about 20 hours straight and then expect that everything you're going to catch exactly what they mean, okay? And uh, I've made it very clear in so many speeches that I never voted for Mr. Bush when he was the governor of Texas. Nor did I vote for his father, nor would I vote for him as the president, nor did I agree with 99.90% of all of their policies. But at the same time, I cannot 
say something that's not true. And Pharaoh claimed to be God. And these people didn't claim that. They claimed they prayed to God. There is a big difference between the two. And even, and even, Musa salam, was ordered to call Pharaoh Pharaoh in the nicest way. And this is my suggestion to us. Some of our top scholars in Muslim countries have written to all of the presidents and told all of them the same thing. Accept Islam as your salvation and then you will receive the reward of all of the people under you. But if you reject it, then you will be with their sins to the day of judgment. These are paraphrasing what they told them. But they all called them to La ilaha illallah, worship none alone with the law, just worship Allah alone, the meaning. So I'm saying nothing different than this. But at the same time, I'm cautioning us to be honest and be fair. Regardless of what your oppressors do to you, you cannot go and do something that's not true. You can't do something like that. So we're being honest. And this is a good point to mention in summary when we're finishing up what we're doing, that we still have to be straight arrow. We have to be on the target. We cannot fabricate things. We cannot stretch things out of shape. If you know somebody is a thief, he steals things, you can say he's a thief, he steals things, but you can't say he's a liar. If he didn't lie, don't call him a liar. He's a thief. There's a difference. Person drinks alcohol, this is something bad, no doubt about it. But you can't turn around and say that he does zina, something really bad. You just, if, and, and even then you don't have to advertise what people do, by the way. But when you do have to mention it, at least stay to the fact. This will really help us a lot. Another thing is to work together that when somebody's speaking, let them speak. Especially when they're talking to non-Muslims. And then when it's over, if you don't feel like he covered it all the way, you think it's really serious, you can ask him, not the person. You can ask him, oh, did you mention so-and-so or is that or something later? And if he said that's later, then just be quiet and leave it alone because you don't want to confuse the person who's trying to understand what you're talking about. But if you get two people standing there talking, the next thing you know they're arguing with each other, it's like, okay, yeah, forget it. See what I'm saying? And many times brothers have done that to me. I know they didn't mean anything bad, but when they get all done and they prove their point and the guy walked away going, <laughs> then I turn to the brother and I say, you're talking about this? I was talking about that. Oh, oh, okay. Zakhlacher. And you look at him and you're going, <laughs> so try your best, you know, to hold that back. Shaitan will come to you and tell you, Oh, it's, oh, you have to say this, you have to do this, you have to do that. We have programs like this. For instance, we're recording things. You watch how many times people think that, oh, I should go up and play with the camera. Oh, that doesn't look right. Let me, let me change something over. Oh, the lights don't look bright enough. Let me go play. Oops, ah, turn the ball off. <laughs> oh, they won't come back on. Oh, dear. It just happened a few weeks ago. I was somewhere up in New York and somebody did something with the lights. And we were just all standing there just waiting. We couldn't move. Just had to wait. Somebody playing with the lights. Nobody knew where to go. It was black. We couldn't see. Amazing. And 
when it comes to the levels of audio, I never saw how many people will go play with that and they'll say, Where, where's the switch for that? Let me turn it up. I can't. I think it should be louder. Screech! And everybody's like this, you know. And he goes, oh, that's too much. Turn it down. Now you can't hear the speaker anymore. And all the time you're trying to record this, then when you want to put the thing out for the people, they can't see or hear and they don't know what's going on. And you turn a nice piece into something that is amateur, childish, no good. So those are some of the points. Other points are that when you're going out to talk to the people, think about how you look. Think about how you look. And really and truly, I know that a lot of you feel like I don't need to wear anything looks like sunnah or anything. But if you're going to be talking about Islam anyway, they'll figure out you're a Muslim. So why not wear something that makes you distinct or different? They're going to know anyway. Okay? So it won't hurt. You say, well, I don't have any clothes like that. Well, all right. That's whatever. But I'm just telling you that it doesn't matter. If somebody wants to hate you, they can just hate you because they don't like the color of your eyes. So it doesn't really matter. But if you feel like you're more comfortable really wearing the clothes like people who come from Muslim countries, why not? What does it hurt? So this is something to think about. But whatever you wear, be sure it looks nice. Be sure you look nice in it. And please don't wear clothes that advertise products. Really not cool. You're talking about Islam, how Islam is nice, and blah, blah, blah. And you got a t-shirt on that says something really weird on it. I won't give you any ideas. I don't want you to go buy those shirts. But it doesn't make sense. So you make a nice presentation of yourself, what you're doing. And, of course, clean. You need to be clean. And smell nice. This is a part of Islam. And you're going to say, well, why are you going over that? Because I'm telling you, a lot of brothers don't do it. They really don't do it. And they don't think about it. And then they go up and say, oh, we want to tell you about Islam. And the guy goes, mm, what's that? We've been playing soccer. Yeah, I can tell. Sure can. So, you know, think about that, what you're doing and where you're going. I understand. I understand that this is America and everybody accepts that you can do a lot of things crazy. But just in case you run across somebody that's a little bit old-fashioned, who likes the old tradition we used to have here, when we used to be a little bit decent, maybe they might appreciate seeing somebody who tries to be decent. You know what I mean? And really, I don't think I need to belabor that one too much more because everybody here seems to get their act together on that. But the next thing is to have things ready. Have your tools ready when you want to do something. It's like when you meet somebody and they said, I do want to know more. Do you have a card? Yeah, I... Mm. We'll have some tomorrow. Oh, okay. Do you want me to just like stand right here? Or can I sit down while I wait for you to go get the cards and come back? They're not going to do that. So you need to have your cards with you all the time. Now, what should you have on the card? We did talk about it, but I'm going to repeat it again. When you make up these little business cards, you have two sides to the card. One side asks questions. It says, where did we come from? What is the purpose of life? 
what happens after death? And then dot, dot, dot. What will they do? Turn the card over. See what's on the other side. Find out now before it's too late. And then the website. www. Hello? Islamtomorrow.com. There you go. Open 24 hours a day and plenty of free parking. Anyway, you don't put that on the card. But let them know that this is something they can do, and it, they'll, they'll use it. In fact, some of them I did put that on there, open 24 hours a day and plenty of free parking, and had them look at it and go, huh? That's funny. You know, let me go check this out, you know. So this is one thing you can do. Another is to have cards that ask similar questions, and they can have the website and on there the time that you have your meetings or the phone number that you want them to call. But you've got to have something, and you need to work as a jamaah, because a group, a gathering, because there's so much more barakah in it. And if you try to do things only by yourself, well, I know what I'm doing. I don't need these guys. Okay, what you did, you brought every, all the factoring, all the numbers down to one times one times one times one times one. What does that equal? Still one, isn't it? So this doesn't make sense. So you have a jama'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, multiplies exponentially. Now that's a dollar word. I need a dollar for that. The, the value of what you're doing. Because Allah loves it when you work together in the jama'ah. So try that. And then stay in touch with us. Please stay in touch with us. And each of you can take the email and you can write to us and let us know what's going on. If you happen to run into somebody who needs to know about Islam, you can tell them and then tell us about it. But don't expect that I'm going to answer every email every time. Just that you said, Salaam Alaikum, Alhamdulillah. Don't have to write back. Just let you know we're doing all right. Because sometimes, like today, we had 470 emails and I'm down now to around 300. So obviously, you know, I wouldn't be able to get them all, all the time. It, take, it does take time, and so please understand that. We do have another email that we use when people write for the free Quran. It's not mine. It's another one that I have. And not the one with my name on it. It says Islam for today at AOL.com. Then we have another one that says free Quran at AOL.com. So we, we're set up, and I have people checking those. Okay. Now, another thing is a newsletter. If you don't already have a newsletter, this is an excellent idea. And in your newsletter, you let everybody know through email or regular mail. They call it snail mail now. And you can take these, uh, you know, print them out and then mail these uh, out to the people who don't have the emails. And let people know the events that you have coming up and things that are going on within the organization, food, things that you're going to do, uh, needs that people have in the community, a regular new newsletter. But be sure everybody knows about that. Okay, then another thing that we can do is to connect our communities together. Now, this becomes a little harder because you have to work at it, and it costs a little money for long-distance phone calls. But by connecting communities together, then you start seeing some really, 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 really super results. 
there's a, a community similar to yours in Orlando, Florida, of gathering a group of brothers who are really serious about trying to do something good for Allah here in this country. And they have really worked hard. The results are pretty clear because they've been attacked already. They've had, they've had bricks thrown through their windows. They've had, but why? Because some of the people there are coming to Islam. And then their relatives want to get mad about that. Well, good. I'm not saying good because they're mad, but I'm glad that people are coming to Islam. And if this is the only way that they can react to it, they're proving that their religion is nothing. Your only response is to come and throw a brick through my window because your wife and your daughter and your brother became Muslim. What kind of religion did you have? And you're saying, I'm a violent person. I like that. Why am I violent? Because I dodged the brick that you threw? And uh, really, wallahi, some of the people, it, it guided them to see, look how, why, why were these people attacking the Muslims? They didn't do anything. To the extent, we know what's happening in Palestine. Palestine is having super big problems with oppression and aggression against them over and over. They're doing some things, but it's retaliation. There's no doubt. But can you believe this? Since the last 50 years of all the oppression that these groups have done against the brothers and sisters in Philistine, in 50 years, it would be easy. Now stop and think. Logically, the poor people who are being oppressed, the wealthy ones who are oppressing them, if, if you were going to do anything, why not just quit this group that's losing and join the other group? Does it make sense? Join the oppressors. Why? At least they're not beating me up anymore. I'll have nice food, nice place to live, and hey, whatever. Right? This is just logic of survival. Yet not one family in 50 years decided to become Jewish, did they? Did they? Never. Did any Muslim family in Philistine say, hey, I want to give up this Muslim stuff and go be a Jew and shoot people? They didn't do it. But guess what? Guess what? Recently, what we were just talking about it. Recently, a whole family of the Jews entered into Islam during one of the battles while the attacks were going on. Hello? Why would you? You're with the winning group. Why would you go with the losing group, especially during a battle? You could be shot right there. Why? And that's a good question. Amen. There's a lot of advertising as an example about Islam being very oppressive of women. Yes or no? It's like everybody assumes that's the truth. <laughs> that's like a foregone conclusion. I mean, you know, so Islam, terrorism, and women beating. I mean, you know, that's what you guys do, isn't it? Right? So logically... Around the world, this is known that we are like this, huh? Yet, till this minute, till I'm sitting where I'm sitting right now, Islam is still the fastest growing religion in the world, and the number one, ten to one, coming to Islam is more women than men. Hello? 
It means what? It means that it's irrelevant what they do. It's all up to Allah. This should increase your faith. There is nothing out there to encourage people to come to Islam that I've seen yet. Is there? Is there some big carrot out there that I'm missing that I'm supposed to go for? I, I don't see it. I don't see it. What is it that's supposed to be the big attraction to Islam? Money? <laughs> what is it? Great music? Nope. We don't even have it. What is it drawing the people to Islam? How about this? I don't want to scare anybody, but how about this? How about it's the truth? Huh? How could that possibly be? Oh, there's one possibility you want to overlook. You don't want to think about that. Islam is haq. It's the truth. And if it's the truth, then that explains why the people come to it in spite of all of this negative attitude and propaganda and lies being spread about Islam. And subhanAllah, as soon as any of them come to Islam, whether they're in the prison, in the military, in the universities, or in the masajid, anywhere I've seen the people come to Islam, it's always the same thing. They wake up and they start crying, and they keep hugging us, and they're crying out of joy and happiness. And within a few hours, they figure it all out. They go, hey, you know what? Everybody's been lying, haven't they? You go, yep, where's your first clue? <laughs> yep, you got it. And they immediately get it. It starts just like bang, bang, bang. And they look around, they go, oh. Okay, so that's that. What are you going to do when the people start making shahada? What are you going to do? You haven't thought about this yet. You didn't see it, so you're not ready for it. But imagine yourself at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, at the time when they conquered Mecca, toward the very end of his life. You remember what happened? Anybody? People used to come in large numbers. Tribes of people came up to make their shahada. They came all the way just to be in front of the Rasul ﷺ so that they could give their pledge, their bay'ah, and their shahada of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this at the time of Mecca. A'udhu billahi minash shaitani rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Idh jaa nasrullahi wal fatah. Raitan nasa yarkhuluna fi din allahi afwajab. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا When the help of Allah comes and the victory, the opening, And you see the people entering into the deen, the religion of Islam, the religion of Allah, in big, big numbers. 
the praises of your Lord. Praise Him and turn to Him in repentance and tawbah. Subhanallah. That's beautiful, isn't it? But guess what? That's not the meaning of the whole thing anyway. How many of you know that? Somebody was asking about this. And Ibn Abbas told them the meaning. You remember? Yep, that happened at the time of Umar, radiallahu anhu. I'm going to stick this in here as a little side note, just so you don't get excited about going out and giving tafsir of Quran without knowledge. Some people, they gathered to sit with Omar one time, radiallahu anhu. They had like halakha or something. And they wanted to complain about why this young boy is here. And we're, we're the old guys in Islam, you know what I'm saying? Why this young one is here? Ibn Abbas. So Omar recited the verse, the, the surah, which I just recited. And he said, what's it mean? He asked. And somebody gave the same kind of thing that I gave as a meaning. Because that's the meaning of the words. It is the meaning of the words, yes. I don't want to throw that off. Then he asked and he asked and they all said the same thing. And then he asked Ibn Abbas, tell him, what does it mean? He said it meant or signified, Allah means by this, to signify the death of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Omar said, I don't know anything other than what he said. So we don't want to give the meaning of the Quran as though we know what we're talking about. I gave you the meaning of the words. Because still it's valid. The meaning is still there of the words. But the meaning when you say Allah means by this, be careful what you say. Because when it's all said and done, Islam, even though it has many logical points, is still not based on our logic. Ali, radiallahu anhu, said, if Islam is based on our logic, then we would wipe mess, the bottom of the hoof sock instead of the top. Good well taken. So that also puts us back in our place. We remember we need to be humble. But what will you do when there's a line of people standing at that door some morning uh, after Fajr or right around that time and they start beating on the door. You say, uh-oh, what's going on? We're scared now. You know, when you open it up, you got 12 or 15 people standing there ready to make shahada. What will you do? What will you do? After they pick you up off the floor, what will you do? <laughs> because you'll say, oh my God. Somebody needs to be assigned to these people to help them, don't they? Don't you have to teach them how to make wudu? Don't you have to teach them how to pray? So somebody needs to talk to him about what exactly we believe about Allah, his angels, his books, his prophets, the day of judgment, and the cutter of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to have somebody there that can handle that. And when you start seeing them come in big numbers, we've had this before. We've had the big numbers coming. And it, when you got, uh, one time we had like 20-something. At one time, and I'm thinking, wow, you know. So a group teaching them how to make the... The washing, we call it ablution in English. I don't like that word. I like wudu. It's easier. But anyway, somebody have to teach them how to pray. You know what happens? 
it becomes hard because you keep doing the same thing, the same thing, next group, next group. You're teaching the same thing. So you need to have people working together. Today you're going to teach the wudu. Tomorrow you will teach it. The next day you will teach it. And then you'll be there. You have to be there for them. Help them. And you're thinking, he's crazy. This isn't going to happen. Trust me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has showed you too many signs now for you to think it's going to change. And what's going to happen in the very last, last days, you're going to see certain new people come to Islam and you're going to see a lot of old deadheads head out. Okay? So if you're worried about why some people are leaving Islam, that's the way it goes. Some are going to go and some new ones are going to replace them. That's how it is. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who stay with the new ones that come. I mean, because I don't like the alternative. Okay, now, what's next? And that's the topic we're talking about. We've got people coming in. What do we do with them next? They taught them how to pray. We're teaching them about Aqidah. Arabic. We need Arabic. We need an easy teaching course in Arabic. Don't go deep on it. Just touch the top of it so they can have fun with Arabic. To get familiar, to learn the Quran. That's what they need. You don't have to teach them all of the slang and all the mafi muskila and shlonek and, you know, leave all that alone. Just stay with the basics and they need to know la ilaha la Muhammad Rasulullah. Teach them to pronounce it correctly so they don't say it wrong. Help them with a few surahs and the sound is very important. Learning a few of the shapes of the few of the letters, just the basic, help them with it. Don't make it hard, make it fun. And then, and then, once they're getting a grasp of the whole thing, help them bring their relatives to Islam. That's a big challenge. But it's important. Because when they're still new to Islam, if you help them in what not to say, help them to say what I said tonight. Don't argue. Don't debate. If they say something you like, say, oh, well, that's, that's in Islam. That's nice. If they say something stupid, just sit there. Don't say anything. They'll figure it out after a while whenever you say, hey, that's great. They say something else and you go, means what? It's not so great. <laughs> Get them to bring their relatives up. Introduce them around. And be sure that you're kind and gentle with the people. I know it's hard for you, but it's harder for them. You're thinking, oh, these people are scaring me. They're coming in our mosque. This is my safe place where I used to come, and I didn't have to look at those people. They scare me. Well, guess what? It's scary to them. It's very scary when they walk in and see beards. They're not used to seeing beards. People's shapes of face are different. Their colors are different. And it's kind of like... I, I saw his picture in the post office. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. For Anyhow. <laughs> but anyway, so you want to make them feel comfortable. So the best way to do that is to greet them very nicely and shake their hands. Illa anisa, except for the women, you don't shake their hands. You're going to say, well, what do I do? I told you to keep a business card ready, didn't I? She puts out her hand, stick it right in there and say, this is our card. If 
you're real brave, you can do what I did one time. I gave a speech <laughs> to uh, uh, some school teachers there in Virginia. They asked me to teach us about Muslims so we know how to deal with the children. And I think they were very honest to ask me to come and tell them, you know what I'm saying? So all I did was give them a lesson, this basic Islam, talk about the clothes, so and so. And uh, this is amazing. He's giving me a free demonstration of what I said not to do. It's amazing, huh? I love Muslims. You can always count on them, right? That's all right. I was how late starting? How late was I starting? Huh? More or less. Anybody know? 30 minutes? That's MST. Muslim Standard Time. Right on it. In fact, if I come 15 minutes late, I consider myself actually 15 minutes early. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> that's us. But it's important, you know what, that the people become comfortable. And so, and, oh, I was telling you the story of the ladies. I was telling them, the teachers about Islam. And I said, alhamdulillah, I got out of here. I didn't have to shake hands with them because I was scared to death that lady. Was, she was so aggressive, you know, the one that brought me over there. And she's standing by me and she'd say things and move her hands around. I said, any minute, you know. Alhamdulillah, she never did it. I got all the way to the door. I'm opening the door. I'm leaving. She said, oh, I forgot something. I turned around. I looked. And here she came all the way across the room, her hand out like this, sticking out, walking right And she said, I forgot to shake your hand. I went, no, you didn't. I didn't want to do that. And I'm thinking, I got, I got stuff in my hands anyway. And I'm thinking, maybe I could just, like, give it to her and salute. Or maybe I could, you know, I'm trying to think what I could do, you know. I don't want to do this. Because the hadith, it tells us, you know, don't shake hands with the women. Several hadiths, actually, on this subject. I'm thinking, mm, ah. So just as she got to me, I said, you know, I told you so many things about our religion, but I forgot to mention, we cannot shake the hands of the women Unless they're real old and ugly. So I can't do that. She said, thank you. Yeah, I smiled. I shut the door. I went out. I went, oh, alhamdulillah. <laughs> alhamdulillah. But since then, I've been thinking about this, you know. I'm wondering, what will I do next time? So I think the card idea is good. You know, you got your card right there. You put out the hand. Boom, here, take this. You know, and if they this, don't you want to shake my hand? Well, yes, ma'am, I, I really do. Let me tell you the truth about that. I, you know, we can have four wives, but if you shake your hand, you have to marry me. <laughs> I would do that except one problem. What if she said, okay? And you got a new problem. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so that's when you get overloaded, isn't it? Saidi. Alhamdulillah. One of the things too that when people when people can see that we live a normal life, we work hard. They work hard. We like to have fun. They like to have fun. They like to get drunk. We like to read the Quran. <laughs> so it's not exactly the same. But there are some similarities. But it's important for us to remember they are human. Now this is the part right here that we've lost sight of. And it's been a while, you know, since we really were, as Muslims, I'm talking about your grand-grandparents, 
been a while since Muslims have been in the up position. We've been down for a long time, so we forgot some things. But regardless of whether we're up or down, they still have the same rights. They are Bene Adam, same as us. They came from the same place we did, except for a few shayateen in our government, you know. But the rest of them are human, and they came from Adam. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that one. All right, all right. But the sons and daughters of Adam have rights on us. And you have to remember that the Prophet told us that verily a person will go through the whole life acting like somebody from the Nar, from Jahannam, until what's written for them overtakes them and they act like somebody from Jannah and as a result they go to Jannah. It's just before they die they become Muslim, so to speak. On the other hand, somebody can go through the whole life and they're looking like a Muslim for all practical purposes. They're like somebody from the paradise. You're seeing it, you know, break, fast, everything. But then what's written for them overtakes them. And how close are these people, by the way? And the expression they use means close enough to practically put your hand in it. That close to the Jannah. But then what's written for them, catch up with them. And they act like their true self, their real self, what's inside of them, which we didn't know. And then they become from the people of the fire, they die, and as a result, they end, they end up there. May Allah save us from it. Amen. So keep in mind that we are not saved just because we're Muslims today. And this is something we have to constantly ask for day after day after day to Allah. Allah guide me. Allah guide me. Allah guide me. Allah don't misguide me. Please keep me on this straight path. Ya Allah for me, for my family, and so on. And so when people are coming into Islam, this is beautiful, but at the same time, remember, there's still no guarantee for us. We have to keep working till the last minute. So when you're trying to help, when you're trying to help the new people help their families come to Islam, be patient and help them and take time, take time, go to their house with them if you have to. Bring them over here. Take them to your house. And be willing to invest a little bit of money and some food to share with them. Be willing to let them come and see Eid. When we have Eid, it's very nice. You know, the celebration part, everything like that. And if they say, well, I'd like to come and observe your worship service. I'm going to ask you a question. I need to know if you know the answer. If some people came right now and they said, we want to come into your worship service, and just hang out and watch. Can we do that? What will you tell them? Hmm? We let them walk in here on our carpet. Our carpet. What if they come in with their shoes on? Can somebody come in here if they're not pure? Huh? They can't? They can? What's your proof? I don't need that Yes. It's a good Dalil. I want another one. Somebody give me another. I like that one. I want another one. Ah, there he is. That's the one we wanted. He's saying that a man came in to, was not a Muslim, but he came in and while they were there talking with people, so on, and all of a sudden, he urinated on the floor. 
on the where they pray. And you know what's urinate? He peed on the floor. Yeah. And they want to kill him. They go, ah! You know, attack this man. And the brothers are stopped stop and said, hold on. Yeah. Just clean it up, do something, and tell him that this is the place where we make prostration. And we don't do that here. Look how easy. This is not like we are today. We go off on each other. How will we handle these new people when they walk in with their shoes on? Just walk in here with your shoes on. Can you do that? Did anybody ever walk in the masjid at the time of the Prophet Sassam with their shoes on? Huh? Did they? Have you got proof? What's the proof? Yes, they used to pray with their... All of them prayed with their shoes on. And the Prophet ﷺ in the Salat took his shoes off. When he was finished, he turned around and he looked. They all had their shoes off. He said, why did you do that? They said, well, you took yours off. We took ours off. See how good they followed the imam? We don't do that. Anyway, they did what the imam did. He said, yeah, but you didn't see Jibril, the angel, came. He told me there was something nudges on my shoes. So he set them over to the left side. Which means what? They used to pray with their shoes on, not off. We take them off because of the carpet. Carpet will catch certain things, and it's easier for us to keep this clean. But it doesn't have any religious significance whatsoever. Okay, so blow that out. I don't want to hear about it. These people want to come in and learn about Islam, don't put them through all kinds of tortures, and don't make it look weird. Okay, you have a vacuum cleaner, right? You ever used it before? Okay, like, get the idea? The people need to see Islam. They don't need to know all about how your vacuum cleaner works. Got me? Let them know about La ilaha illallah, and I don't care if they play with their hat on. In the beginning, let them learn the truth. Let them begin to want to do what Allah wants them to do. Most of the people we saw them come to Islam take it away from us faster than we can give it to them. Is there anything else? I remember, subhanAllah, how many times in the first few months I would just hang around the masjid and wait for somebody to walk in the door. As soon as he walks in the door, how do you say that thing you say? You know, I'm trying to learn, and they're trying to teach me. And I say, okay, what about this and what about that? And they're going, brother, I don't know. No, you have to know. Tell me something. You know, I will bother everybody because I want to know everything. And this is the way it will be. And when you start seeing that, don't run away from them, okay? But just be patient. And they're, oh, this part, very essential. Even if you forget everything else up to now, even the jokes, don't forget what I'm going to tell you right now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Surah Ankabut, in the very beginning, after Alif Lamin, he said what might translate to English. Do they think they're going to be left alone on saying we believe and they're not going to be tested? Just as we tested those before them, we're going to test them to show the truthful of those that are true and the liars in their falsehood. That close, pretty close translation? Plus or minus? Yeah. It happened to me. Exactly what I just told you. 
happened to me when I came to Islam. So much testing came, I kept asking myself, what am I doing wrong? I'm in the right religion. Why am I having these problems? I can't believe it. X and Y and Z, and then Z came again. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking one time, the only thing left would be is if my whole family evaporated. I came back off of one of my jobs, stuck my key in the door, and it didn't work anymore. They said, we don't want you in our house. I want a divorce from you. I said, what? Why did I say that? Why did I mention this thing? Because it happened. Evaporated right in front of my face. What's next? I shouldn't ask that question. And this is what it will be for every one of them when they come to Islam. I saw other brothers had the same thing. Brothers come to you and say, I never had any problem in my life. I came to Islam. I got three people trying to sue me. One's trying to put me in jail and somebody else is shooting at me and I don't even know what's going on. And so what happens is the Muslims in the masjid, they're going, and that's a new Muslim. They always got problems. Get away from them. Because you don't understand that that's a part of him coming to Islam. Especially the women. Oh my God, the problems they go through when they come into Islam. And the only people that will listen to him is the Muslims. Because their own parents, my own dad, before he came to Islam, I'll never forget. He used to tell me, well, see what you get? See, you go with your Muslim friends. Go ahead. Go on with your Muslim friends, see? One time, my dad's really a pretty good guy, even though he said that. One time I had a serious problem. A lot of bad stuff happened. And, I, and it was freezing cold outside. We had no place to go. Too far to go back to our home. I said, Dad, can you just like take me to the mosque? Drop me off. Because I can't go back to where I live. He said, okay, sure. Took me to the masjid. Got there. Went up to the door. And it was locked. And I couldn't get in. And so I start beating on the door, trying to wake somebody up, coming, you know, anything, nothing. And I know they were there. <laughs> and I know they're sitting there, don't turn any lights on, maybe he'll go away. Because <laughs> every time I came, I had a new problem, you know, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I couldn't understand. And I would tell them every little problem I had, they'd say, how are you doing? People, oh, and you know how Muslims do, I'd say, Kefaholic, how are you? Oh, I got this hangnail, man. It's, no, we don't want to know. We just want you to say, Alhamdulillah. You don't get it, do you? <laughs> so, and new Muslims don't know that. Because you'll say, how are you? How's everything? Well, now that you mention it, you know what? On the way over here, my car got overheated and I needed to get some gas. And I almost ran out of gas. No, no, no. You say, Alhamdulillah. Okay? Don't give me that. We're trying to... So... I'm saying that when they start having their problems, and again, I mentioned the women because they have so many things happen to them, and they don't have anybody to go to. Their families have already turned against them. If they go back to the family and even say anything at all, the family's going to try their best to use that as a chance to bring them out of Islam. And Allah is going to ask you, why didn't you help them? Alhamdulillah, you're Muslim. Alhamdulillah, you're in the United States of America. And Alhamdulillah, you've got it easier than any of the other Muslims on the planet. And you know that better than I do. I've been in your countries. I've seen what's going on. And I know why you're here. Okay? Alhamdulillah. 100% dawah. I know that. I can give you that excuse. So, 
when you've got all this going for you and you see new people coming to Islam and you don't want to take your time or your money to help them out, shame on you. And you've got the word for it. Aib. Big shame. These people don't know the truth. They've got the big shaitan standing right on their head, constantly trying to keep them from learning it. But as they get close to the truth, you're the connection. You've got to work on that subject. Even if it means spending every dime you've got, staying up all night listening to goofy stories. But when they got a problem, you need to help them. One final point on the subject. If it's a woman that's got the problems, please, brothers, especially you that are not married, turn these ladies over to the ladies, okay? Okay, I know you're just trying to help them with dawa, and dawa means invitation. My question is going to be, what are you inviting them to? So invite them to Allah and turn it over to the sisters, okay? Okay? Yeah, right. I'm looking at these guys. I'm going, no way. They're not going to make it. <laughs> Think of yourself as a team. You like to play soccer? Yes. This man likes it too much. He jumped off the carpet. I don't know. This man loves this game. Football. As a team, you work together. Right? Even if somebody on your team kicks you in the leg, you don't care. You're having fun. Right? So how about when we're doing something for Allah and somebody accidentally just bumps you a little bit and you get all bent out of shape? What's that? What is that? So together, a team, work together. Somebody's your coach, that's your emir, and he's encouraging you. You do what he says, right? If you can do it so good for soccer, you should be able to do it even better for Allah. Yes or no? And if you will show up and it looks like it's going to rain. It looks like it's going to storm, but you're still going to show up. Why? Well, maybe it won't. But they're calling for rain. Yeah, but it's my only day off. I'm going to go anyway. Let's go. Play ball. Right? So somebody said, let's go to the masjid. I don't know. You know what? There's a cloud over on that mountain over there. It could come over on top of the masjid. You don't know. Could. Maybe. Wallahi, I don't know. It's kind of scary. <laughs> You think Allah doesn't know this? Give me a break. I'm sorry, but that doesn't work. So we really need to think about what we're doing. Pull together, work together, make a team. Have a plan. Put the plan in order. Put it to work. And no matter what happens, you've got the reward. No matter what happens, you've got the reward already. Because of the niya, Because of the intention. That's it. You're okay. You'll be fine. Times get a little bit tough. The Jamaat pull it back together again. People start coming into Islam. Increase your faith and increase your ibadah to Allah. Remember what it said in the surah. Remember what it said in the surah. When they start coming, when they start coming in big numbers, get ready. Because the next thing, and Allah alam, what's going to happen next? But the next big event that takes place. It's going to be tougher on those who are not following Islam, and it's going to be easier for those who do. And eventually what's going to happen, just like the Hadith says, 
in the very end, you're going to see it real clear. Those that want Islam will be right over on this side, and everything else will be over there. Forget about Christians and Hindus. It's going to be all kuffar and believers. That's all that's going to be left. Yes or no? Does the Hadith say that? Okay, then you don't believe it? What? It's happening in front of your face. So, when you see that coming, increase the ibadah. If you've only been praying a little bit in the night, increase it. If you haven't been getting up in the night to pray, guess what? Tonight's a good night to start, isn't it? Set the alarm. Two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. Get up and pray. Just that just now became your sixth prayer. That's all. Prophet Sassam prayed it, didn't he? Did he ever quit? Nope. By the way, I don't know if you know this. This is just trivia. It's not, I'm going to try to make something big out of it. Something I read one time, I was very impressed. That one time, the Prophet wasalam, slept into the Fajr time and had not gotten up for the Tahajjid or the Witr. Do you know he prayed it? After the time of the Fajr came in, he prayed it. Wow. That's an important prayer, huh? So, try your best. And then finally, please make dua for me. Because of all the things that I said tonight, and all of since I've been here, there will be a witness against, against me on the Day of Judgment if I don't do it. Because there isn't anybody in this room that ought to know better than me because my mouth said it, all of it. Where am I going to be? i got nowhere to go. I put myself in a corner. Now make dua for me. Allah give me the ability to stand up on what I said. Because that's the second part of what the Prophet said in that hadith we mentioned earlier. When they said, tell us about Islam, something only you could tell us. And he said, kul amantu bilatum mustaqim. Say, I put everything in the trust of Allah. Well, alhamdulillah, I said that. I got that up 11 years ago. I put it all in the trust of Allah. But that second part, that's where it starts. What do you call that in English? That's where the rubber meets the pavement, isn't it? That's where we're going to find out what's, what we're made out of. So now is our chance. So we work together. We pray to Allah, asking to guide us. And that's what's next. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Hu Allah Dijalana Muslimin Subhanakallahumma Bahamdik Ashadu Allah Ilaha Illa Anta Astaghfiruka Atubu Alayk Jazakumullah Khair You've been listening to Islam Tomorrow Visit us on the internet at www.islamtomorrow.com Where we're open 24 hours a day And plenty of what? You can do better than that Plenty of what? One more time Plenty of what? Free parking. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.